Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode number nine of Not Your Cable News with your host, me, Diamond Dave. Hey, it's been a huge week for us here. Um, we, we've added several more platforms to our repertoire, so we are uh, now on uh, iTunes, um, I think Breaker, a couple others that added us this week. But the big one was iHeart. Um, we are now being broadcast on iHeart. So uh, if you're looking for us, you can find us. Um, you got the two major players in. So uh, let's get started with the sports page tonight. Um, obviously, college bowl games are uh, on everybody's mind. We've had a, a big couple days, week, whatever, of college bowl games. So uh, we'll dive right into it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I go through these uh, bowl game names and I you know, look at a few of them. And you know, some of the games are good, but the, the names are even better than the games themselves. And one that jumped out in my mind was a Trans Perfect Bowl. I don't know, didn't know. I I did some research on them, but I did not understand what Trans Perfect actually did. And I didn't know if this was some kind of um, surgery center that helped uh, with the transgender population. I I didn't know what they did, right? So, um, <laughs> so Trans Perfect Bowl. Um, if you're, if you're really wondering, TransPerfect is a, a translation, um, company based out of the Northeast. I believe it's in New York, um, that help you, uh, get your <laughs> business overseas and translate for you. Um, so I like my idea better. I like the idea of, you know, having the perfect trans operations. Um, so anyway, um, TransPerfect Bowl, um, proved to us once again that, uh, um, Tennessee just cannot win a friggin' football game. Um, they tried like hell. Might have been a bad, bad call at the end of the game in the overtime. Um, I believe the ball was over the goal line. Um, but um, up until that moment, right, SEC has had an actual absolutely terrible ride on the uh, Bulls this year. Uh, we were 0-4 and, and then we're you know, 1-4 after the Gamecocks. And, again, that's another one of those words I like to say. Um, South Carolina Gamecocks won their game. Then we get the championship games yesterday, uh, New Year's Eve. And guess what, all you SEC haters out there? It is an all-SEC championship game. Once again, it's Alabama and Georgia. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there you are, right? We, we, we've got it. Uh, we've got the SEC in there. They're representing us good. And, uh, again, just goes to prove that uh, we are the toughest conference um, out there to be beat. Um Couple other bowl names. I just want to go through a few of these here. Of course, we have the you know normal Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Citrus Bowl. Um, Joe had a Bahamas Bowl this year, a, Col a, a Cure Bowl, um, the Independence Bowl, Lending Tree. Them in there everywhere. Jimmy Kimmel even is sponsoring a bowl with the Jimmy Kimmy Kimmel Kimmy. I keep wanting to call him Kimmy. Um, hey <laughs> Jimmy Kimmy, um, Jimmy Kimmel, L.A. Bowl. Uh, New Orleans Bowl, I guess where that's played. Um, Frisco, um, they hold, host everything in the world. They're just driving people to that city all the time. They got Frisco Bowl, and then they got the Frisco Bowl Classic, the Gasparilla Bowl, which we talked about the other night. Florida got absolutely fucking embarrassed. Um, you know, they were about an 18-point favorite in that game and uh, just lost it. Um, a Pinstripe Bowl. A cheese it bowl. Now, if I see cheese it bowl, I'm thinking, yeah, there's my snack for the night. Um, I'm probably gonna watch that. Duke's Mayo, of course, there in the middle of all that shit. Um, and then you have your normal Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, 
uh, Texas Bowl. And uh, next Monday is a national championship game on uh, November the 10th. So as I'm going through these bowl game names, I did come up with a couple more for myself. And I think there's a couple teams that deserve to be there. First of all, uh, <laughs> would have been the uh, Power 5 Disappointment Bowl. Um, probably played by Vanderbilt and Arizona. And they should have played that uh, at Holstein Field in uh, New Salem, North Dakota, my hometown, under the world's largest Holstein cow. Um, seeing how our temperatures this weekend were uh, uh, barely making it to negative uh, 10, negative 20 at any given moment. You know, with wind chills a whole lot colder than that, I can tell you right now, we uh, we are at about a minus 11 right now with a uh, feels like a minus 31 outside, and it's just damn cold. Um, would have been perfect to have Vanderbilt in Arizona playing in a freaking town that has two hotel rooms and uh, in the uh, absolute cold, make you not want to be the worst in the Power Five. Um, and then the other one, um, the Orphan Bowl. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> this this game here would have been the uh, two teams of uh, Oklahoma and Notre Dame that really don't have a daddy anymore, and they got a stand in just trying to cover for them. Um, <laughs> I, I can't think of a better bowl for these two teams. Uh, Notre Dame did look tough today, um, although I believe they lost. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what have we learned through all the bowls this year? I'm not going to go into all the scores. I'm going to go into the highlights, the lowlights, or whatever. Um, but I will tell you that uh, I watched both games yesterday, and I learned a couple things in each game, and uh, and even some from a couple games earlier in the week. But uh, the first thing I learned yesterday <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Kirby Smart. Um, you need to spend more time in the uh, ball pit. At McDonald's, if anybody saw him throwing the oranges out there last night, he looked like an absolute freaking retard. Um, probably on a little bit of methamphetamine, uh, trying to throw ball or oranges um, to 39 people at one time. Um, the defensive back that was up there, as well as the quarterback, were just you know chucking them kind of nonchalantly. And Kirby's got five oranges in each hand, trying to figure out how to get them out of his hand. It was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. If you can find that on YouTube or you can rewatch that, it was really freaking funny during the uh, award ceremony. Um, again, going back to the uh, Tennessee game, even the refs don't want to hear fucking Rocky Top one more time. Um, they might have also been making sure that uh, Tennessee fans were following the rules of uh, – no golf balls or mustard bottles allowed at the field anymore after their uh, ordeal earlier this year with the uh, checking golf balls and mustard bottles. And I don't know what the fine was, about a half a million dollars to school. Uh, the Big Ten uh, still overstating. They're really about 6.5. Um, Mark Stoop today, if you watch a Kentucky game, that son of a bitch smells colors yeah <laughs> when he was asked in post-game interview what flavor the kool-aid was that he had dumped over his head he said blue um so apparently mark stoop smells color and uh um <laughs> he's a great guy he's done a great job in kentucky he's really turned that team around the last few years i've had two 10 win seasons um in the last four or five years <clears throat> um and the last thing i learned um was that if you sign a big contract, 
um, in the NCAA and you abandon your team, um, you get to take the two weeks of bowl games off um, and sit in the, I don't know where they're sitting, but in the luxury boxes or whatever. Um, both Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly got to have the weekend off, um, or the two weeks off, really. Um, meanwhile, their uh, former team struggled, um, and they just get to sit in the luxury seats. And I'm sure Brian Kelly is trying to figure out how to uh, choke on a bunch of crowd ads or something. I don't know that uh, he's still trying to figure it, figure out how to fit in down there. Um, Lincoln, you're going to do just fine out in California, you snobby son of a bitch. Hey, um, <laughs> so with all that being said, and and, and uh, I don't want to get into too much of uh, of the football because I understand that I, I you know college football is not the uh, biggest sport out there in the world. Um, but I will say that Billy Napier did, um, in a fully classy act, um, coach his uh, final game at Lafayette before going to Florida. He didn't abandon anybody. Um, uh, again, unlike the previous two, um, he did what he needed to do. He finished his job. And um, Billy Napier, it's, it's nice to see a little bit of class in the NCAA, and uh, especially in the SEC. Um, hate to see what everybody else is doing. It's it's a big black eye and all of those things. But uh, um, the other two, hey, you know, enjoy your luxury box seats and uh, yeah, um, we'll just uh, go from there. Hey, when we come back here in just a second, I get I need to go refill my drink. You haven't noticed you don't hear any ice or my glass is empty. I started this with an empty glass, and that's always a bad idea. Um, when we get back, we're gonna go over a couple other things um, other than football. Um, we're going to cover, uh, um, you know, just just some things kind of off the wall, maybe make it a little more humorous than uh, college football, but what's funnier than uh, Brian Kelly down in LSU. Um, so be back in just a minute. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, and, and thank you for hanging out for the uh, extra second or two there. Um, we do want to uh, get into some things other than football. Um, do want to try to be a little entertaining tonight because there's not a whole lot entertaining in the college football world um, right now. I mean, it's certainly entertaining to some degree, but uh, um, I've, I promised I would not uh, get into too much of serious stuff. So, hey, I do want to, since I, I recognize that I have uh, over the last week, I've picked up an audience around the world. Um, I've added the uh, a couple of additional countries, including Germany and the Philippines, um, Canada, you've always been there. Um, but, um, I have picked up a, a little bit of an audience, a 5% audience out in Germany, um, and less than 1% in the Philippines. And Hey, I do look at that stuff. So I try to be uh, a little, uh, understanding of everybody else's stuff. Right. So let's, with that being said, let's go over the top 10 sports around the world. And these are a few things that just absolutely floored me. Um, yeah. So the top 10 sports around the world, um, number 10 from you know 10 to 1. Um, and this is based on number of fans. I don't know how you count the number of fans for each one. Maybe it's off of t-shirt sales. Maybe it's off of, I don't know, what do you buy, purses or whatever, right? Uh, number 10 is golf. Um, number 9 is rugby. That's no... Golf, a little bit of a surprise. 
Uh, rugby number nine. Now, rugby is like man's football, right? We put on helmets. We put on shoulder pads. We put on, you know, everything in the world to protect our players from getting hurt. Um, you guys out in Australia and Africa, uh, even Asia, Europe, Australia, um, UK, you guys are tough, man. You guys are playing this sport. You're insane, right? You, like, take a hit to the head. Um, it, you might be bleeding. need 39 stitches. You get up. And you run after the ball, you kick it to somebody else. Meanwhile, you know, they just come out to the field, they put a band-aid on, a little bit of rubbing alcohol, I'll tell you to get the prick back out there and quit whining like a little bitch. We need more of that out here. Uh, number eight, baseball. Of course, you know, uh, baseball's huge in in the United States here in North America. Um I guess there's a couple of Canadian teams. I don't think they've played real baseball in a couple of years. But uh, anyway, North America, we've got baseball. The Caribbean, you got some baseball. I think you're using brooms and uh, a coconut or something. But uh, hey, whatever you use and use it. Uh, and uh, we've you know managed to get some really good players in the real in the National League in the real baseball world from the Caribbean as well as East Asia. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you little short guys out there, you're probably not jumping over a wall to save a home run, but uh, damn it, your little legs are fast. I love watching you guys play. Number seven, basketball. Um, worldwide, again, I don't know how many Asians I see, and I'm picking on the Asians tonight, uh, probably good for my Filipino friends. But And you guys are four foot three. How are you dunking anything other than a freaking donut and a cup of milk? Um, but, man, it's funny. It's fun to watch. It's all good. Number six, <laughs> um, and, and I guess I understand the why. This is in the middle of the pack of the top ten, but I understand the why because we have different countries out there that enjoy different sports. But number six is table tennis. Um, <laughs> I played this drunk off my ass on a Friday night when I was 16 years old, and uh, I know there's all kinds of funky things you can do with spin on the ball and the paddles and da-da-da-da-da. Um, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I could barely get it over the net. I could shit. I could barely see the net, and nonetheless hit a ball with you know <laughs> a paddle. I, I I guess apparently you guys are doing this sober. That's a, probably the wrong way to play that fucking game. Um, volleyball. Come on, guys. Uh, worldwide, and apparently we are worldwide. We are a bunch of freaking pigs, right? Um, there's nothing that exciting about volleyball, men. I challenge you to tell me what is the difference between a a dig, a set, and a spike um, without looking at her ass and telling us how good she looks in those shorts. Uh, and I don't mean just beach volleyball. I think when I semi-retire, I'm going to go find me a college somewhere and I'm going to buy it. I'm going to drive bus for the uh, women's college, you know, team, volleyball team, and uh, take them to their away games. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that would just make me a dirty old man. Um, but it'd still be a good time. So if anybody needs a bus driver, let me know. Um, number four, tennis. That one I get. Number three, hockey. Um, <laughs> my only problem with this is this is kind of like the bobsled team back in the day that was from Jamaica. Um, how many people live near the equator that they don't ever get any freaking ice? You know, I'm up here. I got 39 inches of ice right now. Yeah, not that much. We're probably at 16, 18 inches of ice on our lakes right now. Um, and the kids are playing hockey, but, uh, you know, even when I was in Florida, uh, made it a little bit tough, um, for a hockey team. Um, although Tampa Bay lightning, Hey, cheers to you guys. Back to back, uh, Stanley cups, 
Good job. Number three in the world, hockey. Number two, cricket. Um, I don't know a damn thing about cricket. Now, I'm going to find something out about cricket because I don't know anything about it. I probably need to talk out, talk to it um, on this uh, on the sports page, and we'll find out who the cricket all-stars are. Number one, imagine this. Um, association football, otherwise known as soccer. Four billion fans worldwide. Um, <laughs> that is the... Uh, that is a real sport of the world, um, and that is a sport, again, that uh, I don't necessarily get into, but you know what? I probably should. I should probably follow it a little closer, but uh, I just don't understand um, any of it. <laughs> so, um, unless any of my uh, uh, Hispanic friends out there would like to... Uh, Take me to a soccer game, and we'll sit down. We'll talk about the rules and what is a forward, what is a backward. I know what the goal is. I know what the goaltender does. Right? It's not much different than hockey, um, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is, right? I don't. I just don't understand it. Now, guys, there is a sport, guys and gals. I don't. I don't mean to be sexist in that because I know there's plenty of females that listen to this too. Because actually, my my audience is again. I look at the numbers, and I'll tell you the numbers all the time. My audience is about sixty percent female, forty percent male. Probably due to the relationship advice, and the women are trying to figure out what the hell's going on in our heads, guys. So <laughs> they'll never figure it out. Just will never figure them out. Um, so there is a uh, sport out there that I uh, was never uh, exposed to till about two months ago, and didn't even realize then that it was a sport. I thought it was more of a hobby. But uh, if y'all don't know anything about this. Um, a pretty cool idea, and I'd love to go go to a huge event one day. There is a, a sport out there called falcon racing, and we're not talking about the millennial falcons from you know Star Wars or the old Ford Falcons like they're drag racing. These are the actual birds. Now, this is huge out in the United Arab uh, Emirates, um, and in that sandbox of the world. And apparently, these birds travel at hundreds of miles an hour. I don't know how you start them. I don't know how you stop them. I don't know much about it. But anybody that can train a bird to race a bird or to hunt a bird, um, I really, really find that fast fascinating. Um, you have a bird that, I don't know, they do oval tracks in the sky. What, what do they do? I mean, they, they don't crash into a wall. Do they crash into a cloud? Do they, you know, they spin out? Do they, you know, they make pit stops to take a piss? What, what are they doing? Um, it just blows my mind that, uh, how do you race it? Is it a drag strip? Is it a quarter miles? Is it 200 miles? Do you come back? You know, what happens if you let this $60,000 bird go and it never comes back, it just keeps flying and gives you a big old fat middle finger. We can't call, give you the bird. Um, give you a big old fat middle finger and tell you, fuck you, I'm not coming back. This is bullshit. I don't want to live in a cage. Um, I'm going to go hunt rabbits and squirrels like I was meant to do. Um, but what do you do with that $60,000 bird and how do you get it to come back? Now, the way this came up um, is... In the state of North Dakota, there is uh, four licensed, they're called falconers, um, in the state of North Dakota. And hunting is a sport, so it all connects somehow. And I had the opportunity um, to not only meet, um, but I have hired one of the four licensed falconers in the state of North Dakota. 
I try to pick this guy's brain all the time. And let me tell you, he's a little bit secretive on the bird. He's a little bit, uh, um, he's not weird at all. He's a, he's a straightforward human being loving the death. But it's pretty cool that I have one of four licensed falconers in North Dakota that actually works for me. Um, and I get to learn more and more. Now, he isn't out racing them. Um, he was telling me a story about how they do race them. But um, he uses his for hunting. And, and they use the bird to bird hunt. Um, where the bird will take down another bird, say a pheasant, grouse, partridge, um, and actually use that to hunt, and then it'll bring its you know prey back. Um, I, again, just a fascinating, fascinating deal. Uh, maybe maybe some point, maybe I can convince him to get on the air here with me, and the, we can have a little conversation about the uh, birds and exactly what it takes. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, um, it blows my mind. I, I would be so screwed. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't train my dog to piss outside. I can, but it takes me a while. I don't know that I would trust myself to try to train a bird to, uh, come back to me in mid flight with another bird or a squirrel or raccoon, or I don't know. I mean, do they catch cows? Do they, you know, swoop down and, you know, take a steak out of a beef while they're, you know, flying through the air. I don't know what they do, but uh, it'd be a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool episode. Uh, may not be super funny, but it'd just be super entertaining. Again, this guy's awesome. I'm hoping to get him on here someday. So on the uh, world of sports, um, cycling is also a sport. And I do want to mention this. We're going to get to a little bit of a serious tone for just a minute. Um, so... I have signed up to do a uh, 200 miles in January into early February. It's a month-long uh, thing for St. Jude's uh, Children Cancer Research. Um, the only way to make a donation, there's a fundraiser that's open under my name. Um, the only way to make a donation is, unfortunately, on Facebook. You'd have to find me on Facebook. I have a, a couple fundraiser posts that are public that you can certainly uh, go on there and make a uh, make a post or make a uh, donation under the post. And uh, the idea is, you know, $1 for every mile. Um, I have agreed to uh, myself match dollar for dollar. Now, this is going to uh, go also for um, any any monies that are raised through this podcast for the month of January. I'm not going to put it in my pocket. So if you hit my tip jar, if you, uh, you know, donate to the uh, or what have you, um, whatever it is, viewer support or listener support, I guess, because they're not viewing um, through my anchor page. Um, I will take all of those monies and I will wrap them up into the uh, St. Jude's Cancer Center um, for the for the children and uh, cancer research. Now, <clears throat> I have a couple people in my life that are very near and dear to me that uh, why this whole cancer thing is uh, very, very, very important to me. And um, I won't use the first person's name as I do not have permission, but I have a, a particular individual does live in Canada that is a breast cancer survivor, um, not breast cancer. I'm sorry, ovarian cancer survivor. Um, and she has been several years cancer, not several, I think she's about a year and a half cancer free. Um, certainly I will find out and I can clarify that later, but I can tell you that this, this woman is a fighter. Um, she's been through hell and back and I have all the respect of the world for what she has, uh, had to endure by herself, um, in Canada. Um, I'm not sure that I'm strong enough to have done what she, she has done. Um, her last two, uh, 
Follow-up appointments have been clear. Um, she's all clean, not at the point of saying cancer-free, but uh, certainly at the point of uh, uh, on her way, you know, well on her way. And, uh, you know, for you, I, uh, you know who you are, and I know you listen to these podcasts. So for you, I, I uh, am extremely grateful um, to you for the big fight that you put up and uh, everything that you have done and uh, done for me over the last couple of years and all the bitches you've listened to and all the moaning and crying and all that bullshit. Um, again, um, the second one, a very, very dear friend of mine, um, I'm going to read you a, uh, a portion of an obituary. I hope this doesn't get too crazy and drawn out here, but uh, um, it's been a few years. Um And, uh, I will tell you each year, it doesn't get any easier. Um, so, uh, a a close friend of mine, um, in 2006 passed away, um, from colon cancer. He's a young man, a very young man. Um, so he was 36 years old at the time. Um, almost about to turn 37. He passed away, uh, diagnosed with stage four colon cancer in August, passed away December 29th of 2006. And uh, one of the best guys I've ever met. Met his, his family is amazing, and I don't know if you know Walt, Pam. Uh, if you guys listen to this, um, you guys will never understand the impact that all of you um, had on my life over the years. But uh, uh, Gator Janier of Winter Haven, uh, Mr. Walter Gator Arthur Janier the third, passed away Friday, December 29, two thousand six, and uh, at the age of thirty six due to cancer. Gator was born in Tampa, Florida on February 23rd, 1970 to Walter and Pam Janier, working in the automobile business, enjoyed spending his spare time on the water, boating, and fishing. He survived by his wife, Lisa, parents, Walt and Pam, uh, sister, Don, uh, grandmother, so on and so forth. Won't get into the uh, specifics of all the family. I can tell you that Walt and Pam, Don, um, again, um, if you're out there, if you ever come across this, um, yeah, uh, Miss you all. It's been many years, but uh, you're never forgotten. And uh, um, I, I am taking this entire episode to uh, just because of the timing of the year and it puts everything into perspective. Um, I want to take this entire episode and probably the entire month of January. And I would like to, uh, you know, kind of dedicate this to Gator and uh, what he did for me in my life and how he kind of, uh, him and Walt, um, showed me a different way of life. Um, kind of pulled me out of the uh, dumpster, if you will. Um, and, uh, gave me some things to think about, gave me some things to laugh about. Um, at the end of the day, I love you all. It, it was a great ride while we had it. And, uh, yeah, um, every one of you has missed every day and, and, and Gator, uh, I know you're listening. I know you're probably laughing. You're ready to slap me upside the back of the head, but man, you were one of the best men I knew. So on a lighter note, guys, Hey, um, I didn't mean to drag this in, <laughs> drag this out and all that, but, uh, um, yeah, I did because uh, it's worth it. Uh, uh, you know, I want, I want to mention a couple other, um, uh, people that, uh, why I choose to do this fundraiser. Uh, and again, um, it's not just about the fundraiser. It's about a little sacrifice of myself, right? Um, I do have a Peloton bike. I will be riding it, um, trying to get to that 200 miles from the month. But, uh, you know, um, there is a, another individual that's near very near and dear to my life i don't have that individual's permission to use her name either but uh it wasn't long ago 15 16 years ago um she lost her husband that she loved very much um to leukemia um 
She has fought through a lot of adversity. She has become extremely successful in her career. Um, maybe one day we can get her on the show, and uh, um, I'm pretty sure she'd be willing to <clears throat> talk about sports at any moment. Um, but uh, yeah, there is a uh, there's a lot of people out there. You take think back and reflect for just a minute. I'm sure you know of at least one person who has either battled or passed away from cancer. And that's why this stuff is so important. So if you'd like to make the donation, again, um, Good Pods has my tip jar. Um, you can you know go to my Facebook page. You don't have to follow me. You don't have to like me. You don't have to friend me. Um, just see the public post. Um, it's it's Dave Manweller, uh, M-A-N-W-I-L-L-E-R. Um, again, M-A-N-W-I-L-L-E-R. Um, on Facebook, Dave is first name. Um and certainly go in there, uh, make a donation, um, help these kids. Uh, we need all the help we can to keep our uh, keep our young ones going. And uh, you know, let's make it a good year, everybody. Um, I mean, I'm super excited, super excited. I, I've had some some asks and some invites out there for some guests. Um, we're going to uh, get through this month, as I've said before. We'll do a couple more weeks. We're wrapping up week number three. It's been a blast. Um, we'll get to some more funny stuff out there. I'll get off of some of the serious stuff for a minute. But, uh, hey, we're going to have some fun, guys. Appreciate all of you. Um, uh, appreciate all of the uh, hosts, all of the uh, different services that stream this thing. My um, following has more than tripled this week, um, as well as my um, views, listens, whatever, has almost quadrupled in a week. I may not be for everyone, but... Uh, Hey, you're going to find a little bit of humor, a little bit of something in all of it. So um, enjoy, guys. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, be good to each other out there. Happy New Year.